everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the debut episode of TV Sessions. My name is Luke, and I'm here with my co-host, Gabe. And for today's episode, we're going to be ranking our top 10 favorite drama series of all time. How's it going, Gabe? It's going good, thanks. I'm excited to get this going. I absolutely love talking TV, and I know you do as well, so this should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to having some great discussions on this podcast, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really excited as well. Uh, Before we get into this list, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what this podcast is going to be about? Yeah, for sure. So I'll just briefly give an overview of what we're trying to do with this podcast. So basically, TV Sessions, uh, it's a podcast that will be going in depth on some of television's greatest dramas. Luke and I here have a huge passion for analyzing and debating specific details in all of our favorite shows, from favorite episodes to favorite shots, scenes, and moments. We love taking deep dives into these stories and investigating what it is exactly that makes these shows so great. Uh, Now, as Luke mentioned right off the top for our first episode today, we're going to keep it simple and have more of a general discussion while we list our favorite dramas of all time. There'll be no spoilers in here. We're not going to do any in-depth analysis. We will mention a few character names here and there, so nothing... I know some people are really picky about spoilers and they don't want to know anything, so we will be giving like some talk here and there about characters and seasons that we like, but basically we won't be going in depth. We just want to give a general overview of the types of shows we love and the types of shows we'll be discussing on this podcast in the future uh, in greater depth. I also want to mention that we know, we already know that both of us have fairly similar taste, uh, but there's a good chance multiple shows will be on both our lists. And we're just excited to see how our rankings will differ because we're going to be ranking them from 10 to 1. There'll definitely be a lot of differences and uh, I'm sure it'll lead to some good discussions. So let's get into it. And now before we dive into this list, um, I just wanted to briefly mention that our lists are obviously subjective and the main criteria for how we rank these shows is basically just based off of personal enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I'm sure the objective quality of some of these shows will determine where they land on the list, but yeah. for the most part, it's definitely just personal preference. With that in mind, um, what do you say we get right into it? Yeah, so I guess we're going to start with honorable mentions, um, just because it's pretty hard to narrow it down to 10. So we just want to mention a few that almost made our list. Also want to mention, remember, we have not seen every show. So apologies yeah. if your favorite show is left off this list. Um, we, it's hard to see every show, but we feel we've seen a good amount to have pretty solid top 10 lists, especially for dramas as well. So we're just going to do some honorable mentions first. We did mention that this will be a dramas list, but we don't want to totally ignore comedies. So we're just going to briefly mention some of our favorite comedies, just so we don't totally disrespect them, because we do enjoy them a lot. So Luke, what what are some of your favorite comedies you want to give a quick mention to? Yeah, so I would say my favorite comedy of all time is Parks and Rec. But then I'm currently watching Community, which is another really good one. I didn't... I didn't add that to the list because obviously I'm still halfway through, but I'd say it's on track to becoming like one of my favorites. So I'd say those two specifically. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned those two. I actually, I've never seen Parks and Rec. I know it's really popular. Um, I've not Mm -hmm. seen any of it. I've seen a few like big clips that blew up and stuff, but I've not seen like a full episode of that show. Um, And I've only seen the first season of community and I liked it a lot, but hopefully I'll get to it at some point. Um, but yeah, we're mostly going to be talking dramas, so don't be too shocked by comedies we haven't seen. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just mention a few of my favorite comedies. So my favorite comedy is actually a show called Nathan For You. Um, a lot of people probably haven't heard of this or haven't seen it. <laughs> I only watched it recently, but it's probably my favorite comedy of all time. It's a little weird and bizarre, so some people might not like it, but I'd highly recommend it to anyone 
who um, anyone who likes Sasha Baron Cohen style of comedy because it kind of involves real people and it's hard to watch sometimes. But anyone who likes that style would love the show. I highly recommend it for sure. It's just so funny every episode. Yeah, um, I saw one episode of it. Like my brother showed me an episode like five years ago. I don't remember anything right. from it. I just remember it was it was good. Yeah, yeah. My brother also is the one who introduced me to it. I have an older <clears> brother, and like, yeah, he got me into it. I just remember. I just laugh so hard at every episode. It's so consistently funny throughout. Um, really weird, though. Uh, a couple yeah. of my other favorite comedies, uh, I'll just quickly mention. American Vandal is one of my favorites. It's just a true crime satire on Netflix. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Arrested Development is one of my favorite ones. The first three seasons especially, really like Arrested Development. The Office is a big one. A lot of people have seen The Office. I really like, I like both versions, the American version and the British version. I know a lot of people just like to debate which one's better, um, but for me, I just like both. Um, I know a lot of our debates will be um, what's better, but for that, it's just like, I like both. I don't need to pick which one's better. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, a quick comedy is Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. I just really like that show. It's, he just cracks me up a lot of the time um, and my parents like it. So <laughs> that's a good comedy for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so our next category of honorable mentions, uh, like I said, it's hard to narrow it down to 10. So we want to mention a few here before we get into our lists. Um, so our next category is just going to be shows that are currently airing that we really love. Um, just because in general, it's hard for a show that hasn't ended yet to make an all-time list. Just because all-time shows, there's a lot to go through. Um, but there's so much good TV on nowadays that we just kind of want to mention some of our stuff, our favorite stuff that's still airing. Um, just, yeah. just in case people want some good shows to watch to catch <clears> up on. So Luke, what are some of your favorite shows that are still airing? Yeah, for this category, I actually have two shows. Um, the first one is Barry. It's an HBO show. Um, I think it's already one of the best shows of all time, but the fact that it's only two seasons in, I think it's a little early to say it's top 10 yeah, or in my fair. top 10. So I think that's the only reason I got to reserve that as an yeah, honorable mention. That's fair for sure. And then the other one is The Expanse. Um, this didn't make my top 10 because I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan, but I still think it's one of the better shows on TV. Yeah. And um, fifth season comes out in a few weeks which I'm pretty excited about so that'll be cool yeah okay for sure I, I um I've seen both of them actually no sorry I haven't seen The Expanse but I've seen Barry um so I'll just say Barry's also one of my honorable mentions in terms of shows that are still airing I really like Barry um so I'd highly recommend that for sure um another honorable mention for me of one of my favorite shows that's still airing is Succession um the first two seasons are just fantastic I can't wait for season three so I definitely highly recommend Succession to anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, and then two more honorable mentions of shows that are still airing are Peaky Blinders and Fargo. I really like both of those as well. Um, I wouldn't quite put them on my top 10 list, but they're just two great shows I highly recommend to people, especially people who like crime. There's a lot of crime in both those shows. So I guess we can get into our last category of honorable mentions. Um, yeah. Getting closer to the list here. but So basically this last category is kind of just shows that we really that really came close so these are shows that have ended that we really like that we considered for our top 10 but didn't make it in the end so luke what do you have there for those honorable mentions yeah i have I actually have seven of these so i'm gonna okay. just go through these really quick the first one is band of brothers uh i didn't include that because it's a miniseries um fair enough yeah. but if i had to describe it i would say it's like imagine like the best war film ever uh extended over the course of 10 hours that's how i would describe that Right. And then um, True Detective, that's another honorable mention. Um, the fact that the only first season is like the only good season didn't include anything. Right. That's why I didn't include it. Lost, I watched Lost at a young age before I could like really appreciate 
TV. So I didn't get like the full impact of Lost, but I feel like maybe if I rewatched it and mm. seen every episode, it would enter the top 10. But for now, sure. just an honorable mention. Yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender. That's another one. It, there's like, it's a kid show, but there's like, there's like mature themes and stuff in there. But the fact that it's not really a drama, mm-hmm. it, I, it's a, it's more of a kid show than it is a drama, so I didn't include that. Fair enough. And Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is the hardest one to rank, which mm-hmm. is why I left it off the top ten. Because yeah. how, how do you rank a show that the first six seasons you absolutely love, some of the most memorable television ever, then the last two seasons you don't think about it all. Like, you just put it out of your mind. Like, mm-hmm. So I think it would be – I'm, it's not necessarily that there's 10 shows that I enjoy more than Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I can't, I can't put it there. Yeah. We might be getting into that debate later on. Just, just a hint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then my last honorable mention is probably going to shock you. Actually. Okay, I have, I have the wire as an honorable mention. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's, yeah, that's that probably be you a, probably thought I'd have it in my top ten. Oh, for sure, that'll be a debate when it comes up for my list. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. let let me let me explain that real quick. Um, the wires. I think your top ten. I think objectively speaking, this is obviously in the conversation for the greatest show ever written. Yeah, like I think we could agree on that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there's ten shows that I enjoy more than The Wire. That's sure. that's basically what it came down to. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where just the personal attachment to it just it just wasn't there for you, eh? Fair enough. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I did like it. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it's like, pretty much what you said. Yeah, it's hard to get down to ten, so I can understand that. But I'll definitely be arguing the opposite when we get to it at some point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so those are yours. Yep. Okay, so I'll just mention a couple of my honorable mentions. I don't have quite as many, but um, just a couple. One that really came close for me that was tough to leave off was Friday Night Lights. Um, I really like that show. I think it's really consistent the whole way through. One of the best family dramas out there. Like it's just really relatable and interesting, really captures life in like a small town in the US. Um, It's about football. So anyone who likes sports, uh, you don't need to know football to enjoy it. It's about the characters, but it's it's just a really enjoyable drama all the way through. And I watched it when I was pretty young. So it had a big impact on me. Um, Another show I want to give an honorable mention to is Dark. Uh, the time travel show on Netflix. It's an original Netflix original, I believe. Um, I really like Dark, like fantastic show. One of the smartest, craziest shows I've ever seen. Uh, so mm-hmm. anyone who likes time travel, that's a must watch. Um, but it didn't quite make my top ten. Uh, two more I have. Uh, I want to mention Dexter. <laughs> I know it might be weird to have that as an honorable mention. It does go downhill for sure. But the first four seasons of Dexter, I love so much, and it's just so much fun. Uh, that's another show I watched when I was younger and I just really loved it. It was one of my favorite shows for a while until I started to watch better stuff, but just wanted to mention Dexter for sure. Uh, and then my last yep. one is Freaks and Geeks, actually. I forgot about the show, but last at the last minute I was like, oh yeah, it's only one season. It got canceled. A lot of people wanted it to come back, but the amount of careers it started is pretty crazy, Freaks and Geeks. Um, right. It's just, it's just a really solid show for the whole season. I really enjoyed it when I watched it. Uh, I just wanted to give it a quick shout out didn't really come close to my top 10 actually but i just wanted to mention it um but yeah i think those are enough honorable mentions it's time to get into the actual list so what do you have at number 10 man all right so yeah at number 10 i have the shield um it's an fx show aired from 2002 to 2008 and the main reason i gave this uh the number 10 spot is because 
I think it was really the pioneer for like all of network television. Um, yeah. And what what was particularly great about it is it has content that like you would not see on network television nowadays. Like mm-hmm. it, it has shit that you would only find on like HBO or something. Yeah. That and it's just like it's probably the most um, fast paced show that I've ever seen. I would describe it in more detail but i don't want to give away like any yeah, plot or anything but sure. it's definitely the most um fast-paced show that i've seen which w- that was also a negative though because it was so fast-paced that it didn't really get to like explore the characters as much as i'd wanted to so that's why yeah. it falls down to number 10 okay yeah unfortunately i've not seen the shield if if we were doing a category of like shows that i want to get to <laughs> the shield would probably be mentioned but yeah, I don't have too much to add. I have not seen The Shield, but it's probably on my watch list. I'll get to it at some point for sure. Yeah. Uh, so for me at number 10, I have um, kind of a, I don't know if this will be controversial considering you had The Wire off your list, but <laughs> for me at number 10 is Mad Men. Um, so a lot of people might be surprised by that, but yeah. Uh, for me, it's kind of similar to what you said where I didn't have as much investment in it, but still number 10 show of all time is still pretty high for me. Like I still really appreciate a lot mm-hmm. of it. Um, so in terms of like the objective qualities, if this was an objective list, like you said, like it would probably be in my top three, uh, maybe top five, but it's so well yeah. made. Like, it's just so well made. That's like, I appreciated yeah. how well made it was. I was never bored during it. Like, as I said, it's my 10th favorite show. Like I loved it all the way through. Um, I really like enjoy a lot of it. I think my favorite part about Mad Men is like the historical aspect, like how realistic it feels. Like it really feels like the sixties when you're watching it. Um, even though like I recognize some of the actors like they did feel like real people in the 60s and all the mm-hmm. historical events that happen are fascinating so well written like uh, all the characters are just really interesting um, especially Don Draper like really iconic character very complex like it's hard to read uh, the writing's really subtle so like I can appreciate all that stuff but the only reason it doesn't rank higher for me is just the investment I had in those characters. It's not as high as the ones I have ahead of it. Like, I'm not saying I didn't care about what was happening. I did. Like I enjoyed all the characters. I I was invested to a degree, but just not on the same level as the shows that are ahead of it. Just a lot of them are kind of scumbags. (laughs) Um, It's just hard. Like I know that's kind of a bit hypocritical considering shows that are higher. There's a lot of scumbags in those shows too, but I don't know why just, like, I didn't go through this phase of wanting to read about Mad Men and going through all these things about Mad Men. It's just one of those shows I watched once all the way through, really loved it, didn't really think about it much after. Yeah, yeah, completely understandable. Okay, uh, what do you have at number nine? So at number nine, I have uh, BoJack Horseman. Okay. And uh, I think it's arguably probably the best animated series ever. And I think what it stands out to me about it, that word that right? It's fine. What stands out. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. You know what yeah, I'm saying. For sure. Um, I think it's best quality is like with most animated series, you feel like you're not watching real people. But mm-hmm. with Bojack Horseman, I feel like they're also like relatable and fleshed out that they feel like real people, even though you're watching fucking talking horses. <laughs> yeah. Like they still, he feel, he still feels like an actual like person, a relatable yeah. person. That's very true. Yeah. So I, I'd say that's Bojack's number one quality. And obviously, um, it's really creative. The monologue episode, like yeah. it, they have an episode where like it's a 25 minute monologue. Yeah. I just think the creative things they do like that definitely puts puts it in my top 10. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick for sure. Um, I've seen BoJack, so I'm not going to say too much. It may be appearing on my list at some point. <laughs> we'll find uh, out. Yeah. So that was your number nine, yeah, right? So, 
Yep, yep. What do yeah. you have at number nine? Okay, yeah. So my number nine, I have The Leftovers. Um, so that's another show that I only watched once, but I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, for me, the thing that stands out, the two things that stand out for me is the music and the acting. I think if you were doing a list of best music and best acting in a show, like The Leftovers is easily in the conversation for number one of all time. Like the amount, like I re- I'm a big music guy. I play piano and I love scores. So I just think there's not a show out there where the music adds such a new layer to it. And like, it brings it up so much. It elevates every scene that it's used in. Um, and then the acting. Yeah. Like from the two main characters, like Kevin and Nora, like those actors, like there's so much heavy stuff they have to do. And there's so much good acting in that show that I really appreciated it. A um, couple other things I wanted to mention is just how like deep it is. Like it's really deep and emotional. Um, yeah. Like it's when you think about that writer's room, like what is the show about? they're kind of like invest they're kind of writing about like the meaning of life (laughs) like that's kind of what it feels like like it's very philosophical like what's the meaning of being on earth kind of stuff so like the writing is just so top tier but for me that's also why it's a little lower is that I'm not trying to be too hard on myself but sometimes like I feel like this show is too smart for me like I'm not really grasping everything I could um but it definitely makes my list just based on season two. I really love season two of The Leftovers. Like, I think that's some of the best TV of all time, season two of The Leftovers. It moves so well. It focuses on, like, a particular place, and it just introduces some new characters. It's just really moving, really good. Right. Um, and I'll just mention briefly, like, I don't love season one that much. Season one's really good, but it's just too depressing for me. Like, <laughs> there's just so many season, scenes of people crying. Like, it gets yeah. a little too much. Uh, I literally like the last couple episodes of season one though it gets really good towards the end Um, and then season three is pretty solid as well I know a lot of people love the series finale I don't love the series finale I think it's good but I didn't really love it Um, but yeah so I have the leftovers at nine Um, what do you have at eight I guess we'll move on to number eight yeah so at number eight um, I have Better Call Saul that's a road and it's it's a relatively uh, low ranking for a show like this high quality I would say yeah but I would say the number one reason I have it a little lower is that it's still airing. <clears throat> so when I rank shows, um, I value, I highly value a show's ending. Mm. And the, just the fact that we haven't seen Better Call Saul's ending, I think that's what um, brings it down just a bit. Yeah. Because yeah. it's easier to evaluate shows when you've seen like the entire body of work. And we haven't seen that with Better Call Saul yet, but that's so fair. far yeah. it's pretty flawless. And um, I would say the most, impressive quality about better call Saul is that in terms of storytelling they do have limitations because with breaking bad they had no limitations they could go anywhere they want with it but with better call Saul, they have to work within the confines of breaking bad story yeah so they have to gradually find a way to build their story season by season yeah it is like a cohesive part of breaking bad story yeah yeah while simultaneously like being their own show with its own style everything yeah. i would yeah. say that and they knock it out of the park every season so yeah it's a hard thing to do a prequel yeah. is really hard yeah yeah um, better call Saul maybe appearing later um <laughs> we'll just say that but yeah i that's think i think i know where you're gonna put it <laughs> yeah that's a solid <laughs> ranking though um i can i can understand like a show not ending but we'll get into that when i get to it um okay so next we got my number eight so at number eight I have a show you already talked about. So I have BoJack Horseman at eight. Uh, so you had it at nine, right? Yeah, I have BoJack at nine. Yeah, okay. So I only have it one spot higher. Um, I guess I'll just add things you didn't mention. So I agree completely. It's my favorite animated show of all time. Uh, I 
like I don't watch that much animation but I watch a solid amount and there's not even it's not really close for me like there's no show that comes close to Bojack in terms of the quality and in terms of how much I enjoyed it like it's it's easily my favorite animated show of all time I just want to mention how good the balance is of comedy and drama like it's pretty perfect like it does start out as just kind of like a fun comedy like a classic like there's a lot of just funny animal jokes um, I really appreciate all the humor about like show business too like they have a lot of good humor about like what it's like to be an actor and like show business mm-hmm. and like the toxic nature of a lot of it it's really yeah. funny but I, it's just my favorite part of Bojack is how it changes as it goes along like it starts out I didn't really love it right off the bat like it was just like Same. a solid funny comedy and then it just gets better and better as it goes along like I think season two three four like somewhere in there you're just like wait a minute like it just kind of just skyrockets in quality where you're starting to like really care like you said like I care about the characters as well and like Especially, I love the animal characters. They're so good. Like, Mr. Peanut Butter 2 is unreal. Princess Carolyn, she's hilarious and, like, really, (laughs) really relatable. And, like, so many just funny, deep moments. And, yeah, like you said, you mentioned the creativity, like, the monologue episode. I'll also mention the episode, I think, season three, I believe, the one where there's no dialogue, like, the fish out of water, I think is what it's called. Like, that's one. that was the first episode I watched where I was like, okay, the creativity on the show is, like, next level. Like, they really, they really are doing they're making full use of animation like they can really do a lot with this uh and i'll just mention i love the ending like i thought it was really satisfying like the last couple episodes they wrapped it up pretty damn well um so yeah i have bojack at eight yeah okay we can move on to seven i guess yeah so at number seven i have a six feet under yeah and i mentioned bojack was one of the most emotional shows i've seen but six feet under i would say is probably the most emotional show that i've ever seen And um, I won't spoil what the plot is, but um, the show's about a family that owns a funeral home. So naturally, the show deals with things like life, death, and grief, and sorrow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so like, just like really like heavy topics. Yeah. And I think it has, has one of the greatest series finales ever, if not the greatest finale ever. So I think yeah. that immediately just like puts it up there in the top 10. For so sure. I have I have Six Feet Under at number seven. Yeah, I can't really add much to that. I have not seen Six Feet Under. So I guess so far, what is that? Two shows in your top ten that I haven't seen? Yeah. Six Feet Under uh, and The Shield. the other one? The Shield, I think. Yeah, right? The Shield. Yeah, yeah, you had The Shield on there. So yeah, both of those high on my watch list. If we yep. see the good thing about this podcast we're starting is we can we can get into those shows later if I end up watching them. Um, but yep. yeah, um, I have not seen Six Feet Under. So, But it's high on my watch list. I will say this, that... Michael C. Hall, I know, is in Six Feet Under. And since yep. I mentioned Dexter in my honorable mentions, I'm excited to see him do another role. I, I know it's one of his earlier ones, um, and I've heard he's great in it. So, yeah, I'll definitely watch Six Feet Under at some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was your number seven? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so, so what do you have at seven? Yeah, so seven, this will be a bit of a debate, but I actually have Game of Thrones at seven. <laughs> okay. So you, you mentioned how you can't put it in your top ten when it ends badly. So I'll definitely yeah. get into that. So for me, I completely agree. I'm not one of the people, I know there's like a minority of people out there that say, oh, it ended well, like whatever. But no, I, yeah. I agree the ending sucked. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the last two seasons, especially, like I feel like for some reason, season eight gets a lot more hate than season seven. Like we can get into this if we do a deep dive on Game of Thrones at some point. But yeah, for me, the last two seasons are pretty equally bad. Like eight is probably a little worse for sure. But I, I think a lot of people were like disappointed by eight, whereas I kind of went in with low expectations after season seven and like, yes, it was worse, but I kind of, I didn't really expect it to be a great ending after season seven because they started to really rush season seven towards the end. And I was like, and I remember reading, there was only six episodes in the last season. 
So I was like, I kind of went in just like, there's no way it's going to be satisfying in six episodes. They have so much to cover. Like, it's going to be annoying. Like, the only thing, my biggest disappointment was the big battle in season eight. Actually, we'll get into this in the the deep dive. We don't need to go into into specifics. But all I'll say is, yes, I agree. I did not like the last two seasons. However. Yeah, Yeah, so what'd you like about it? Yeah, so seasons one to four. (laughs) Seasons one to four of Game of Thrones is probably, I, I can make the argument seasons one to four of Game of Thrones is the greatest television of all time. Like in yeah. my opinion, like it has absolutely everything. It's so cinematic. Um, I, I guess as the budget got higher, it got more cinematic. So I guess really what stands out about the first four seasons is the writing. Like it's so good. I yeah. read the books after I watched the first six seasons, but I can, after reading the books, people think the show is complex. The books are even more complex. So I actually give them a lot of kudos for making a good adaptation because like it's really hard to adapt a complex book like that and do it that well. So it's pretty much a perfect adaptation for four seasons. Like they, the writing's on a new level. Like the characters are fantastic. Obviously the twists and turns are like incredible to watch. Um, so yeah, I just really think those first four seasons is some of the greatest television of all time. And then five and six are fantastic too. The writing gets yeah. slightly worse, in my opinion. We'll get in more into this, into the Game of Thrones. We're going to be repeating yeah. ourselves as we keep saying. We want to stop ourselves from getting into spoilers here because we have a lot of podcasts to do in the yeah. future where we just do spoiler talk. <clears throat> but yeah. but um, for me, yeah, the first four hold it up. Um, and then another reason why it actually made my top 10 list is when I talk about my all-time favorite shows, I think there's like this, there's this fascination and obsession that I get with certain shows where like, after I watch it, I'm just constantly thinking about it, talking about it, reading about it. Like, it's just always in my head. So, like, I had to put Game of Thrones ahead of, like, Mad Men and The Leftovers, for example, because I never had that phase with those shows. Like, I was never always thinking about them. So, for me, since these are subjective lists, it's our favorites, like, that elevates Game of Thrones onto my list, just because I went through this phase where it's all I was thinking about. Like, I was really, like, all into Westeros and, like, all that stuff, all the characters, like, it was just this phase of just fascination. So for me, I'm actually one of the few who's yeah. able to separate. I just go, first six seasons of Game of Thrones are different than the last two. I know a lot of people say the last two seasons, that, that ruined the whole show for me. It's done. Like, it ruined it. For me, yes, the last two suck, but I'm able to just separate it and be like, you know what? I love those first six, and that's always going to be some of my favorite TV. And yes, they did ruin a lot of storylines that don't wrap up well, but... I just love those first six that it, it's enough to make number seven on my list. So. Yeah. It was definitely up there as arguably like my favorite show at one point. So I definitely agree. That yeah. Yeah. Early seasons are like some of the best television ever. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get more into that when we do a podcast on it. Yeah, but what, definitely. Do you, what, do you, what do you have at number six? So at number six, I have uh, Mr. Robot. Okay. So I think when everyone praises Mr. Robot, they say, oh, it's this really good hacker drama. I want to even describe it as like, I mean, there's definitely hacking and it's yeah, a drama. There's a lot of hacking. <laughs> I would describe it as more of like a psychological thriller. And I feel yeah. like not enough people would, de- not enough people would like describe it as that. And I think that's what makes it like really um, compelling to me is that it's a psychological thriller. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, its best quality, I would say, is its cinematography. I think it has, out of every show that I've seen, it probably has the best cinematography that yep. I've seen. Um, obviously, there's shows like Game of Thrones that have, like, better production, like, has a bigger budget. Yeah, the values. But, yeah, like, production values. yeah, it's just the creativity of Mr. Yeah. Robot. It, it's probably, like, the most cinematic experience I've ever had watching yeah. a show. I and totally agree with that. Yeah. And every season is just incredible. 
obviously the fact that it's four seasons, it's obviously easy to maintain consistency over mm. just like only a few seasons. But yeah, it's definitely one of the best shows I've seen. And it comes in at number six. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, yeah, I'll, that may or may not be showing up for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you have at six then? Uh, so at six, oh, I have another show that you, I believe you don't have. Yeah, so I've lost number six. Okay. Did you mention Lost? I thought you did at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was in my honorable mentions. It was in your mentions. Yes, the same as yeah. Game of Thrones. And so before I get into why Lost is so high for me, I know it's not that high for a lot of people. So Lost is number six. I'll admit it's probably the most flawed show on my list on my list like on my top 10 if you're just going based on like the quality the writing it's probably the weakest on my top 10 but once again this is a personal list this is about my favorites and lost just had a massive impact on me and i just love it so much like that i don't care about these flaws like i will admit yes the biggest flaw i'd say is in the beginning they had so many episodes that they were always writing all these mysteries and that they kind of don't wrap them all up very in a, in a very satisfying way like they, you can definitely see that it feels like they're making things up as they go along. Um, so that's that criticism I can agree with. But why it's so high for me is just, this was the first drama I ever watched. So like, it kind of got me into TV. Not only did it get me into TV, it got me into film too. Um, like, cause I was young yeah. when I watched it. Like I was 12 or 13 when I watched for seasons one to five with my family, like we binged it. And then we all watched season six as it aired. And I was like a young kid, I was 13 years old. And it was just a, an introduction to me for like, this is how interesting a fake story can be. <laughs> like I was just a kid and I was like, why do I care so much about these people that aren't real? Like, and it was just, it showed me that. And it's kind of the reason I got so into TV. So for me, it automatically makes my top 10. Put yeah. it at number six, just based on how much I, I just have to give shadows to some of the characters. Cause I think some of the character work still holds up. Like if you rewatch it, I've rewatched quite a bit of it. Uh, I think I've actually rewatched the whole show at least once. Um, and like the characters are still amazing in my opinion, like the flashback structure, you really like, they really have good journeys. You care about them. I just want to give a shout out to John Locke and like Benjamin Linus, <laughs> those, those two characters. Shout out, shout out John Locke. Yeah. Shout, shout out John Locke. <laughs> That's my homie. I love that guy. I love that guy. Man. <laughs> that, that just hooked me. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I really wish I could have experienced Lost like you did too. Yeah. I'm, you said I'm you had a few spoilers, right? Didn't you say yeah. that? Like you, you knew a few spoilers that definitely yeah. takes away from it. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. So yeah, Lost is number six for me. I just love so much of it. Also, last thing I want to mention before we move on. Yeah. I actually love the ending of Lost. There's a lot of people that hate the ending of Lost. We'll get into that if we do a deep dive at some point. Um, we'll see. But for me, I, I could argue for days about why the ending of Lost is actually great because so many people hate it. They either hate or they misunderstand it. And like, I could totally understand why they wouldn't like it, but I love it. Like, yeah. So yeah. love the ending of Lost. That's what I have at number six. So what do you have at number five? Yeah, I won't say um, too much about Lost either, but I do like the ending as well. Oh, so yeah, I, just yeah. wanted, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so coming in at number five, I have the Americans. Um, probably my favorite TV couple of all time, the two main characters. So at first, I didn't, I didn't love the Americans, believe it or not, starting out because it was kind of just like typical network spy thrower show. Yeah. And I, it, the writing wasn't like as great as I expected it to be like right off the bat. But mm -hmm. um, the more and more I watched, the more it just became like one of the greatest shows that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the two main characters, usually like prestige dramas, they'll have like one anti-hero at the mm. center of the story but i think what makes the americans so great is they have two anti-heroes mm. 
and they're both the main characters and i think um that dynamic is really interesting to see and it's a period drama i love period dramas obviously so i think um, it takes place during the cold war so i think that really adds to the atmosphere for sure and then of course um oh yeah and philip jennings um he's probably my favorite recency bias aside probably my favorite tv character of all time oh wow okay yeah and then uh, like six feet under it has one of the best endings i've ever seen it's in the conversation for probably like the best series finale that i've seen so the americans is definitely up there for me okay that was your number five yep okay before i go into my number five i'll just say i have not seen the americans as well so that's three shows right on your top 10 that i have not seen so yeah those the americans is probably the highest on my watch list out of the three shows that you haven't seen um so i'll be watching that for sure soon my brother actually watches it too and said really good things about it so i'll be watching it the Americans at some point soon if i really love it we could do a deep dive on it later but (laughs) i'm Um, sure we will yeah we probably will if i if i enjoy it uh, which i which i will yeah. anyways <laughs> better sorry yeah at number five for me is a show you already mentioned uh mr robot so i have it you had it at six yep yeah so I have, I have mr robot at five so um everything you said i agree with like you mentioned the cinematography um for me i'll just say the i guess the directing style for me is what's the best like because in my opinion in general when you look at tv shows and you compare them to movies like for films, the the lead like creative person behind the scenes, the one who really drives the creative decisions for a movie is the director. Whereas for mm-hmm. shows, I would argue it's the writers because like the writers usually stay pretty consistent. They usually bring in different directors. Um, but that's something that stands out about Mr. Robot is like Sam Esmail, the creator, directed almost every episode. So it's one of the few shows where like the directing style stays consistent and like it feels the same and like the visual style, like you said, the cinematography, the way the camera moves. I think that's a big reason why it's so good is because he directed every episode. It feels so consistent. Um, So yeah, like you said, the cinematography is amazing. And then I also just want to talk about, like a lot of people say the show is style over substance, but I disagree with that. Like I think the substance of the show is just as good and the style Mm -hmm. is a bonus. Like that comes later. It's like, oh yeah, plus it's amazing visually. But like the substance of the show is incredibly interesting. Like, Like you said, it's like a thriller. There's a lot of twists and turns. It moves yeah. fast at points. It moves slow at points too. But the characters are so, so interesting in my opinion. Like Elliot yeah. is probably, if we were doing a favorite characters of all time, Elliot would hands down be on there. Like Rami yeah. Malek oh, is, yeah. Rami Malek's incredible in that show. Like a lot of people know him from Bohemian Rhapsody, but like he actually started in Mr. Robot and like he carries that show. Like his performance is outstanding. Um, I, I just love so many things about Mr. Robot. I'll just say seasons three and four, the last two seasons, probably some of my favorite seasons of tv of all time like i i love those last two seasons um and then i will admit uh the first two can be a little frustrating on my first watch especially i have given it a rewatch my first watch is a little frustrating sometimes because you just want answers and they don't really give you answers right off the bat like there's a lot of like just tell me what's happening it's confusing at the first watch it but there's so much payoff in those last two seasons that you're like oh i get what they were going for in those first two like they're just setting things up they're doing character work like and then there's just so much payoff in the last two seasons yeah um you brought up a few times like some of your favorite series finales um so for me mr robot's up there in terms of series finales i absolutely love the ending of the show it's definitely up there as one of my favorite endings um and yeah so that's that's why i have it so high it's just this combination of i'm so interested in these characters it's also just really unique in the risks that they take like there's so many big bold things they do with mr robot like especially 
with the visuals like there's a this isn't a huge spoiler but there's a there's an episode in season three i think where it's all in one take like yep. that kind of thing like uh obviously it's not actually in one take they just edit it to make it look like one take but mm -hmm. just the fact that they did that for an entire episode really really impressive i don't think the budget is that big on it so the fact that they were able to pull that off just really impressed me so they take a lot of risks with it is what i'm trying to say like there's a lot of things where it's like whoa that could go wrong but it just works perfectly for this show yeah. they're, they're just really bold with the storytelling on it um and also lastly i'm rambling a little bit here no you're fine <laughs> yeah um lastly i just want to mention um the portrayal of mental illness i think is really unique because like that's not really a spoiler like you'll know right away off the bat mm -hmm. elliot's a pretty yeah. fucked up character yeah he's, he's pretty fucked up um and he goes through a lot uh he's got some problems and the way yeah. they portray his problems is just so interesting like it's, yeah. it's, it really this is gonna sound a little cheesy but when I, I i could actually i feel like i could describe mr robot as like a work of art because like it's like kind of portraying a mental illness in such an interesting way um it's it really one of the is. most it's one of the most unique shows i've ever seen that's why it's so high for me at number five yeah, yeah. definitely okay what do you have before so at number four this one was tough because I have the leftovers at number four. Um, okay. I think I enjoy the Americans just a little more than the leftovers, but yeah, I decided to put the leftovers ahead of it because in my opinion, I know you said you didn't love the ending. You didn't love the first season, but yeah. for me, it's, it's as like close as you can get to a flawless show. And yeah, I was in the same boat as you at first. I didn't, yeah. I didn't love the ending and I didn't even really love season three, but yeah. when I rewatched it, and then I read, um, I watched some YouTube videos about it too. Mm -hmm. And it just gave me an, like a completely new perspective on the show. Mm -hmm. And I just think, obviously, like you mentioned, the score, yeah. the production, it's just like overall, it's just like one of the most flawless shows I've ever seen. And it's obviously easy to do. It's only 28 episodes. Yeah, it's a quick So pitch. like consistency wise, it's obviously like easy to maintain that high yeah. level. And I think it's, um, like you said, it's really emotional. I think it's mm. similar to Six Feet Under in terms of how it deals with, um, like, grief and sorrow yeah. and heavy topics like that. Oh yeah, a lot of like a lot of a lot of exploration of grief for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and um, you said season one, you thought it was a little too depressing. Yeah. Yeah. When I originally watched on my first watch, season one was actually my favorite. Okay. And I thought seasons two and three, I'm like. I wanted like so, I wanted seasons two and three to be like season one. So right. when I watched it does change, two, yeah, it changes yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, <clears throat> but I might rewatch season two easily became my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I haven't rewatched it yet, so I might at some point. But yeah, um, yeah, I can understand why it's so high for you. A lot of people say that's Damon Lindelof's masterpiece. Like in case anyone don't doesn't know, uh, Damon Lindelof did the Leftovers and Lost. Like it's the same writer. Um, yeah. And for me, I have lost higher. A lot of people might laugh at that and <laughs> be like, the leftovers is way better than lost. But for me, yeah. I just, I will admit the leftovers <laughs> is a more flawless show, but I just like lost more. I just yeah. cared more about the journey and I just, I'm more attached to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. So how high was the leftovers for you again? So I had leftovers at four. So at four. yeah. What's your, what's your number so, four? Okay. Then? So my, my number four, um, we're getting into the top tier stuff here. Yep. So my number four is Breaking Bad. So some people might have it like higher. I know so many people who say it's their number one, but for me, Breaking Bad's four. Uh, I'll talk about the great stuff about it before I talk in 
talk about why it's not in my top three, just because it's that one of those shows that everyone is obsessed with. But for me, it's for uh, which what makes it so great. It's the perfect. It's the execution of the story and the way it builds to a climax. Like for me, that's what stands out the most. Like it pretty much builds to that climax flawlessly. Like there's so many shows where they leave a few storylines like kind of hanging and they don't resolve them. But like it really feels like Breaking Bad. They wrap up absolutely everything they set up. Like the way the story pays off is perfect. It's really just like a slow build. Like each season's good, but like it really builds and builds and builds, and they really just pay off everything perfectly. Um, obviously, goes without yeah. saying, Walter White, like his character arc, one of the best of all time, hands down. Uh, the mm-hmm. way they pull off that character arc, like it's impressive <clears throat> how believable it is because it's a little ridiculous when you hear the premise of the story, like that he turns into a drug lord, but like they pull it off so well. Like, yeah, saying how well they pull that off. Um, and then I'll just mention like seasons four and five. Like, I can't really, I can't think of one bad thing about those two seasons. Yeah. Like, seasons four and five are, like, pretty much perfect television. Um, I will, we'll get into this a little more when we do our uh, deep dive. But, like, I don't love season two. Like, we'll talk about that later. But okay. I'm not a huge fan of Breaking Bad season two. It's good, but I do think it's a little bit of a step down. But, uh, right. so for me, that's par- another, that's one reason why it's a little lower. Um, but, yeah, the, the main reason it's not in my top three, like, Breaking Bad's pretty much fantastic perfect show but for me there's just three shows i felt closer to that's all so it lands at yeah. number four for me so what do you have it at? uh wait did you already say your four or yeah i said my four right. yep so what do you have at three yeah so at three i have breaking bad okay there we go <laughs> we're going right back into yeah so i i agree with i actually liked season two as a thing okay like is, is I, it one of your favorites though like um Probably not just because three through five is just so yeah, good. Yeah, but you like season two. Okay. I liked season two, and I really like um, the structure of it. The way I won't, I won't go too deep yeah, into we'll, it. We'll do that on the deep dive. We'll talk in detail, yeah. like spoilers and everything. But that's yeah. I just like you know what I'm talking about, like the intros, to the episodes in that season. Yeah, yeah. I just like the way it was structured. Yeah, fair um, enough. But um, Breaking Bad ranks so high for me because it's like the first good show that I ever watched. It's the yeah, show it was literally the got me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, literally got me into TV, and it's a pretty good start. It, yeah, it, it's a show that made me realize TV could be like more than TV. Yeah, like the it's like like you described a Mr. Robot. It's a work of art, kind yeah. of. Um, and then I think it's in terms of like storytelling and like how tightly plotted it is. Mm-hmm. It's probably like the greatest experience I've ever had watching a show as like a start to finish story. Yeah, I think the way like. It's pretty much a flawless show in terms of plot. Yeah. I wish, like, obviously the character writing was a little deeper because it's yeah. it's a little more plot-focused at times than I would like it to be, but yeah. that's not to say the characters aren't yeah. really well-written. I'll get complex. into that for sure when another show comes up. But yep. <laughs> Go for it. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much... That's, that's what you have. That's, yeah, three. I yeah. think it, Breaking Bad's, like, a yep. perfect show. Yeah, so it's interesting. Neither of us have it at one or two because a lot of people would have Breaking Bad at one or two. Right. But for, for us, we have it, both have it high, but not quite yeah. one or two for me. So that's your number three. So my number three is uh, The Wire. So <laughs> you didn't even yep. have The Wire on your list. Yep. <laughs> but um, for me, uh, everything you said about it objectively, I completely agree. Like if we were ranking best shows of all time, like what I think is the highest quality, uh, The Wire is number one for me. Just Just because like, it's perfect in terms of what they set out to do and what they pulled off. They really like, they just, they show you like, this is how a city is run. Like this is Baltimore. Like I really feel like the main character of the show is Baltimore, even though it could, yeah. you could argue it's McNulty, but like 
it's really an ensemble show about a, sh a whole bunch of different characters. Like the ensemble cast is insane. Like there's probably like 20 to 30 characters that I would like mm -hmm. classify as like an interesting character. Probably like some more of, even. Yeah, like some of them are very minor, but they're all interesting. Like it's crazy how many characters they have in that and they're all so interesting. So for me, it's so high because of the objective quality. But for me, it's, I also cared. Like I was so invested in like the people in that show. Like every season they kind of introduce a new thing and they introduce new characters, even though there's a lot of the same ones. But every time they introduce these new characters, they like, st it starts out slow and then they, it slowly builds. And like, you're like, oh, that's like, that's what they were going for there. Like, it's just, it's so well written. It's insane how well yeah. written it is. Um, and then, yeah, I just want to mention like, I feel like this might sound like a criticism, but for me, it's really educational. Like I learned a yeah. lot from The Wire. Like I feel like, like I've heard that they teach it in the university and colleges. Like there's classes you can take on The Wire and that makes a lot of sense to me because like, I felt like I was learning legit things about like, this is how a city runs. Like there's so many things about like police stats that I didn't know about. Like the way they talk about like good police work and like things like that. Like I didn't know about these things at all, like yeah. in depth and like they really go in depth it's so complex, like the amount of institutions they look at, like they obviously go into education and politics as well. And like, it's just so interesting. And I cared so much about these characters. They felt so real to me. Like a lot of the characters felt so yeah. realistic. Like I said about Mad Men, like it felt so real. Like in Mad Men, it feels like you're in the 60s. For The mm -hmm. Wire, like it feels sometimes, the first season, like it was like, feels like I'm watching a documentary yeah. on like a police department. Like that's how real it feels. And it's from so long ago too. Like it's from 02 or something mm -hmm. like and I was just like how is this from so long ago it feels so real and like the filmmaking's good too um and just the writing's on a whole other level so that that's why I rank so high for me I will say one thing though we'll get into this if we do a deep dive the last season of The Wire is not that great in my opinion like on its own it's a really good season of television but right. at, as a season of The Wire it's not as good as the first four like and yeah. we'll get into that when we do a deep dive but The Wire is number three for me I really really enjoyed it yeah, I think when people criticize The Wire, that's literally the only thing you could like criticize the show about because the first four seasons are yeah. obviously flawless. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Two then? Yep, I'm at yeah. number two. So what do you so have at number two? For my top two, they're pretty interchangeable. Yeah, but fair enough. For um for number two, I decided to go with Mad Men. Yeah. So Mad Men. Yeah, I watched this show for the first time like a year ago, I think it was. I haven't rewatched it, but it's definitely my number two. Um, obviously, like you said, it's a period drama, and its mm -hmm. number one quality is probably how well they integrate historical events into yeah. the story yeah. without throwing it in your face, though. It's, it, it's like a natural part of the story. Like, they don't let the historical events be the forefront of the story. It's mm -hmm. just – and they do a really good job showing how the era and those events, like, affect the characters' lives. Right. And obviously the character writing is some of the best. It's probably the most fascinated by show in terms of like how well-written the characters are. Yeah. Like I'll say the board. for Mad Men that the subtlety of the writing is like ridiculous. Like in yeah. terms of the way it makes you think. Like, but yeah. for me, as I said earlier, I don't need to get into that. I just didn't care as much, but yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it has to do with, if I watched Mad Men three, four years ago, I probably would have the same opinion of it as you do. I probably wouldn't have cared. I probably would have acknowledged that it's good, but I it probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have grasped grasped yeah. it quite as well. And then I think uh, seasons three through five is probably my favorite stretch of television ever. Those three seasons, yeah. that middle section of Mad Men is probably like my favorite television ever. Yeah, see, a good example to like show 
why it's not higher for me. Like I did put it at number 10 because of how much I enjoyed it. I don't even remember like the differences between the seasons that well. Like I can't yeah. remember like the difference between season three or season six, like yeah. in terms of like the specifics of what happened. So that's why it doesn't rank that high for me. Whereas like the ones ranked in my top five, I could name like an episode, a season. I know everything that happens. Like, whereas Mad yeah, I don't remember. Sense. I just don't remember it as well. But that's, a, that's yeah. cool to hear. Like if I rewatch it, I'll probably take note of like seasons three to five then for sure if that's yeah. like the best part of it like you say yep yeah all right so now we're on to your number two okay yeah yeah so uh my number two is better call Saul. <laughs> yep. so a lot of people might find that it's way too high because like you said really good argument you made it hasn't ended yet <laughs> so that's yeah. a good argument to not have a show so high but for me i just don't care like the first five seasons of better call Saul, i'm obsessed with it like if this podcast is just a way for me to rave about Better Call Saul, then I'm happy. Cause like, that's all I want to do is just tell people to watch Better Call Saul. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed with this show. It's kind of like, it's weird. Like, um, yes, I'll get into the fact that I have it higher than Breaking Bad. Cause a lot of people would disagree. Um, I'm probably in the minority, like of people who like Better Call Saul more. Like I'm not saying Better Call Saul is a better show than Breaking Bad. I'm just saying I like it more. I feel closer to it. Uh, Although you could argue that. You could, I could make an argument that's better, but the reason I have it higher is I just like it more. Like I, I just right. like these characters. I enjoy watching it more. It's a very different show than Breaking Bad. A lot of people don't like it because they think it's going to be the same thing, like, but it's different. Like it's not a thrilling ride about a drug dealer. Like it's more, it's slow and it's contemplative. Um, there's a lot of things I could say about why I love this. We'll definitely go into detail in the deep dive, but I do want to mention that a big reason why it's so high is um i've been watching it since it aired like in season in season one it started in 2015 so i think i i don't know exactly but i think every single show on my top 10 i binged except for better call Saul. like i didn't binge one second of it like i've watched every episode once a week since it aired in 2015 uh i was in first year university when it started so like i was just getting into really getting into good tv at the time and like i've just I love the fact that I can just think about an episode over a week. Like it is slow, but at the beginning I didn't mind it. Like there seems to be a stigma that uh, a lot of people I've heard say, just because the recent season came out and a lot of people got into it later, a lot of people say, Oh, just get through the first few seasons and it'll get good later. Like, and I, I think that's more of an argument you would make for breaking bad in my yeah. opinion. Like a lot of people would disagree with that, but I think breaking bad, it's like, just get through the first few seasons and then <laughs> it gets good. But for me, I, I agree that Better Call Saul is the same in terms of it gets better as it goes, but right. the first two seasons of Better Call Saul, I love to death. Like, it's so just, good. Yeah, like I was hooked. Like mid-season one, there's an episode about Mike's backstory. We won't get into detail. But as soon as that episode aired, that's when I was like, this is going to be a, a perfect spinoff. Because like I was skeptical at the beginning. Like I'm sure a lot of people were. Like the amount of pressure. You talked about how hard this job that the writers have is. Like mm -hmm. you have one of the best shows of all time that everyone loves and you're like, oh, we're going to write about the lawyer and like, we're going to do a prequel. And like everyone hates prequels. Like, um, yeah. and, like the, the fact that they had such a hard job. I was skeptical at the beginning. I enjoyed the first couple episodes, but I was like, where are they going? And then that Mike episode happens. Uh, I think it's episode six, I believe. But that's when I was like, this is going to be great. Like, I, I'm so into this. This is more Breaking Bad. That's what it felt like. They're continuing yeah. the legacy. Like, and every single episode has been great in my opinion. I, I, I can't say there's been one bad episode in my opinion. Um, and then I just feel so close to it. And you did talk about this a little bit when you were talking about Breaking Bad. You mentioned that um, it's a little too plot focused. So I think yeah. that's part of why I like Better Call Saul more is it's the writing feels more subtle. Like 
if you watch Breaking Bad, you kind of know what every character is going through. You're like, yeah, okay, it makes sense why Walt's feeling this way, why Jesse's feeling this way. With Better Call Saul, it's a lot deeper in my opinion. Like, it's more like Mad Men, I'd say. Like, where it's like, yeah. it's subtle. You don't really know what's going through Jimmy's head all the time. You're kind of like mad at him sometimes. He's really likable, though. Like, and it's like, your feelings are like always all over the place with like the characters. Uh, obviously, Mike's awesome. I just want to give a shout out to Kim Wexler. I keep giving shout outs to characters. But Kim Wexler is like my favorite. She's my hands Hope she down. Sees yeah, yeah, hands down my favorite female character ever. Like not even close for me. Like there's a lot better like two, three, and four, but they don't come close to Kim in terms of like how much I enjoy watching her, the performance, and like how subtle the writing for her is. Like she's so hard to read. Like I've never seen a character where you're just like you don't really know what they're going through and like what they're thinking. She's just so fascinating to watch, especially this last season. It's just like. There's so much to love about Kim Wexler. Um, yeah. And then I, I will address the fact that it hasn't even ended yet because um, the two is a little high. But for me, like, if the ending is a bummer, it would drop on my list, but it would probably still be in my top ten. Like, it would be, like, eight, nine, ten, just based on the first five seasons. But when you talk about the ending, like, I, I don't know about you. I trust Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, like, a lot. Yeah. Like, I really believe in them as writers. So I would put money on the fact that it'll at least be satisfying. Like, I'm not going to say it'll be as perfect as Breaking Bad's ending, because that's, like, pretty much a perfect ending. But I think it'll at least be satisfying. And if it's a satisfying ending, it's going to stay at number two for me. If it's, like, a perfect ending, it might even jump. But, yeah. That's my rant uh, on Better Call Saul. People need to watch it. If you haven't <clears throat> watched it, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Vince Gilligan has actually been on record saying that, because they already know the ending for Better Call Saul. He's actually it. been a, yeah. yeah. So he's been on the record saying that he thinks Better Call Saul's ending is better than Breaking Bad's. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. There, there's some new knowledge for me. Fuck. <laughs> so maybe yeah. Vince maybe Vince is setting too high of expectations for us, but Yeah. I think we'll at least even if it's not better than Breaking Bad's ending, I'm sure we'll get Yeah. yeah. Good, if you're saying be, that, we'll, it'll be good. It'll be at least satisfying. I don't see how they would drop the ball. They're too good. Like, yeah. Um yeah, just lastly before we go to our number ones. Um Whenever season six of Better Call Saul comes out, that'll be like one of the most excited, like that's probably the most excited I'll ever be for a new season of television that comes out. When we do a Better Call Saul um, deep dive, I think uh, discussing season six predict, uh, predictions and theories. Yeah, yeah, we'll like make that. theories that, that, and analysis be... for sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so what do you got at number one, the big reveal? So uh, this is probably going to come across as a shocker, but I have The Sopranos at number one. <laughs> <laughs> not not really a shocker. Uh, I think I can just say I have The Sopranos at number one, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ways, we can just both talk about it. We, so we have the same number one. So. It's the greatest show of all time. Yeah, like, I've just, anyone asks me, like, why, why? For me, I just start, I just say, like, this is why The Sopranos, you just don't get any better than Tony Soprano, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, he's just, the, he's the quintessential greatest television character greatest television yeah, performance hands down like every scene he's in is just you're just entranced in like just watching this guy he's so fun to watch it's insane no like like you were saying about james gandolfini uh Rip. yeah uh but um yeah <clears throat> a lot of people a lot of people say uh brian cranston who's obviously yeah. incredible yeah. a lot of people say cranston as walter white gave like the best performance yeah. ever but i think I think Gandolfini is Tony is like the best TV performance ever. Yeah. I think you can make an argument that Brian Cranston is better, but I agree. With yeah. You. I think you don't beat Gandolfini. Like I think there's moments where Brian Cranston is flashier. Like he has more, like he does more acting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like he's but, more. Um, yeah. He's more uh, like, I don't know. I don't know what the word would be. I guess I would describe it as like, he has moments where it's like in his head, you can tell he's like, okay, I really got to act here. 
like if that makes yeah. sense like he really shows what he can do and it's great like he's fantastic but for me what makes Gandolfini slightly better is he feels more like a real person like it's more yeah. subtle like that is a the real mannerisms. person I'm watching like that's a person like I yeah. don't know anything about the actor and like if you watch interviews with him it's like holy crap he's it's so weird to see him as himself because you just think of him as Tony like it's insane mm. like, I agree I think it's like those subtle mannerisms that he has as an actor that just like it kind of yeah. like sets him apart Obviously, yeah. I feel like I'm bashing Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston no, is no. too good to even I did, like. I me. did mention. I did mention. You can make an argument. Like I can yeah. understand if someone says they like, they think Brian Cranston is the best acting performance on TV. And like, I wouldn't get mad at them. I'd be like, fair enough. But I think it's Gandolfini. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, yeah. what specifically about the show do we like? Well, I could go into so much stuff about this. Friends, like when we're not going to do spoilers because obviously now that we've revealed it's we have the same show for our favorite of all time that deep dive will be a lot of fun for us so like i can't wait for that but without going into the deep stuff and like bringing up spoilers i will just say one thing that really really elevates it for me i didn't know that there was so much comedy in it like i i I had heard of the sopranos for a long time and i was like oh it's probably like people say it's one of the best ever and i was like yeah it's probably just a really intense mob like mob drama like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of violence. I thought it would just be intense and really well-written. And then I just started the show, and, like, it's just so funny. Like, it's not, like, a full-on comedy, like, obviously, but it's just a lot of it just comes from the characters. Like, they're just so goofy a lot of the time, and, like, they're psychopaths, but, like, yeah. like it's a lot of dark humor. Like, but yeah. it's just so funny. And a lot of Italian humor as well. Like, I'm not yeah. Italian, but I really like all that stuff. Um, and just feels so real. Like, this is what life was like for them, and, like, the, the comedy is so good. It's, there's some moments in here that are hilarious. Like I can't, we should definitely talk about what we think are the funniest moments when we get into the spoiler yeah. talk. Like, yeah. And I think um, the num- it's number one quality is how relatable it is because yeah. it's really not a show about the mob. It's just an yeah. expo- It's an yeah. exploration of daily life. I completely agree about that. Yeah. And I think that's it's number one quality, just yeah. how relatable and how yeah. real. The family like, aspect is actually my favorite part. Like, yeah. I love the mob stuff, don't get me wrong, but it's the dynamic of that family and how real they feel and the things they go through and, like, on a day-to-day basis. That's probably my favorite part. Like, like in terms of realism, I would say The Wire is the most realistic. Yeah, yeah, I can agree But as, as far as, like, the relatability... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's The Sopranos, in my yeah, opinion. I agree. It's just more like a, snap, a snapshot of day-to-day life that's yeah. so relatable and real. Whereas yeah. like the wires just like it feels like a documentary at times because yeah of how good it is the Sopranos just I get more yeah I guess we can bring up like a lot of people say those are the two best like the wire and the Sopranos for me uh, obviously you didn't even have the wire on your list but for me yeah. the biggest reason that the Sopranos is higher is the rewatchability factor like for me I I'm not that interested in rewatching the wire the biggest reason is probably because all those episodes at the beginning of each season are very like slow and it's just it's all about building towards the climax so it's hard to rewatch it because if you just rewatch the ending like the last the finales which are all fantastic you don't really get as much out of it because you didn't experience the build-up and then if you watch like parts of the build-up it's like it's hard it's just it's just a lot of investment whereas for the sopranos i could just put on any episode like any like random episode season two and rewatch it and it's amazing and entertaining and hilarious and enjoyable like and the main reason for that is, <clears throat> like I said about Breaking Bad, um, it's really plot-driven. Obviously, Breaking Bad isn't as plot-driven as The Wire, but yeah. it's The Wire is definitely 
a plot driven show whereas the sopranos is like they have like self-contained episodes yeah and it's yeah. a lot more character like the wire has great characters but the sopranos is more yeah. character driven yeah the wire is more about exploring like the details about the wire is more about how society works whereas the sopranos is more about like how someone's mind like it really is like it's exploring the headspace of like tony like the mobster like it's psychological obviously there's the therapy stuff but like yeah it's just it goes into the psyche in in terms of the characters whereas the wire is more about like how these characters are affected by their surroundings if that makes sense right yeah because yeah, the sopranos explores their characters to like show their personal like inner problems whereas yeah. the wire explores their characters to explore society so the characters are just kind of used as like not a plot device but they're they're used for broader purposes pretty yeah, much totally get that yeah um so that's those are our lists so i think what we should do you just want to like give a quick recap of your list so like just go this is my yep. list 10 9 8 all the way down yep so, yeah, so so what did you have quick recap of my top 10 i have the shield at number 10 i have uh, bojack horseman at number nine yep. i have better call saw at eight i have six feet under at seven i have mr robot at six five is the americans four the leftovers three Breaking Bad, two Mad Men, and one The Sopranos. Solid list, solid list. Um, And then mine, I got Mad Men at number 10, The Leftovers at number nine, BoJack Horseman at eight, Game of Thrones at seven, Lost at six, Mr. Robot at five, Breaking Bad at four, The Wire at three, Better Call Saul at two, and The Sopranos at one. So we had a lot of, yeah, we had a lot of, uh duplicates like shows that are on both of our lists but that's just going to make those later podcasts more enjoyable because we both love them so much and we'll really go in depth with our analysis so yeah um that about wraps it up for our first podcast so we hope people enjoyed our lists and our discussions um now that we've given uh people an idea of the shows we love to talk about we just want to mention that our next chunk of podcasts they're they're all going to be deep dives where we really go in depth on a lot of these shows Um, So this will be for fans who have actually seen the shows because we're going to go into spoilers. We're going to be talking about favorite episodes, favorite characters, favorite scenes, favorite moments. We're going to get really specific. Um, So we just want to make that clear. It's for people who have seen those shows. Uh, This one's a little more general. So if you haven't seen any of these top 10, these shows we've had in our top 10s, like we highly recommend you go watch them. They're just so worth watching, especially with numbers for COVID going off, like, and people (laughs) and being encouraged to stay at home. Now's a good time to just watch all this stuff um so yeah just a heads up that our first uh deep dive podcast that'll be coming out after this one it'll be on game of thrones uh there's just so much to talk about with that show um we feel like it's a good way to start um so anyone who's a fan of game of thrones uh we'd highly recommend you check it out we hope you check it out um just want to say thanks to anyone who listened we hope we hope you enjoyed the first episode of tv sessions and we'll see you in the next one